What is going on, Craft Beer Hustlers family, and welcome to episode three of the Craft Beer Hustlers podcast. Me and Johnny had an awesome interview last week with someone that we thought was going to be a little ways off before we'd have them on the podcast, but we were super stoked for this. And that person is Kenny Gould, pop culture founder, Forbes contributor, and the author of The Brewing Cloud. Guys, this was an awesome interview that we had. We talked everything from coffee to beer to the inception of pop culture and then obviously the inception of their festivals this one is a little bit longer so i'm going to leave it at that and let's get on to the episode hey everyone how's it going welcome to episode three of the craft beer hustlers uh i am johnny i am with dan here i also have a guest today that i'm very excited about he is a forbes contributor the founder of hop culture and author of the brewing cloud uh we've got kenny gould here today kenny how are you Oh, I'm doing just great, Johnny. How about yourself? I'm great, man. We really appreciate you taking the time. We're excited to have you on here. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so usually we'll start the show off, Kenny. Uh, we all cracked a beer a little earlier while we were talking and getting ready. And uh, so I'll just kick it to you real quick. If you want to take a minute or two, what, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Boysenberry Whipper from Cinderland's Beer Company, local local Pittsburgh institution. Uh and it's terrific. I'm not usually a big canned sour guy, but uh, they they nailed it. They did it. Canned sours, as you just learned about 45 seconds ago, my favorite style. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you had so many nice things to say about them. I know, I know. <laughs> boysenberry, though, that's going to be interesting, right? Uh, it is. It tastes like boysenberry. Uh, it really does. I feel like um, that Willy Wonka kid, he's like the snozberries, tastes like snozberries. <laughs> Uh, this tastes a lot like boy. I, I didn't really know what a boysenberry tasted like, um, but I totally do now. I was gonna say I think there's only two things in my lifetime that I have had that is boysenberry uh, flavored, and it was a like farmhouse that uh, I think it was Equilibrium that my trade partner sent me, and then in Ireland they have like this stuff you toss in water, similar to like Crystal Light but way better, called Mawadi boysenberry, best thing on the planet. So good. I would give. Do either of you know what a what a boysenberry looks like? I could not even tell you. I was gonna say I will give I will give e- either of you twenty bucks if you knew what a boysenberry looked like. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what a boysenberry looks like. <laughs> now that I'm like thinking it, about it, in my mind, I feel like it looks like uh, I don't know, like a raspberry, but the color of a, a blueberry. I'm yeah. about to look oh. this up. Just like a ton of like little small little dimples, like a like a raspberry yeah. or even like a. Go- I have no idea though. I'm just pulling it out of my ass. So, all right, so this I'm is gonna be. The... Go for Was it. You right? Is that what it looks like? So, this is totally bad radio, but it looks <laughs> like. Uh, oh wait, this is the first time we're ever gonna get to do this. Sorry for the people that are on uh, Apple on Spotify, but I'm gonna share my screen, and we'll have to. Uh, We'll I'll, I'll try and describe it. it poetically for, poetically, for the people exactly. I mean, go. as poetic as you can if I'm in it for 20 bucks. All right. So this. Oh, you know what? You were Whoa. pretty right. Yeah. Dude, you were kind of right. It looks like a blackberry. Well, no, you said it looks like a raspberry, but it's blue. Yeah. It looks like a blackberry, but it's red and also a little black. Are you sure you didn't just look up blackberry? <laughs> no, it's yeah, right here. Right. It says boysenberries yeah, right there. That's a boysenberry. Huh. Well, it, it looks com- a lot like a blackberry, doesn't it? I mean, I think yeah. I'm I think I'm there. My Venmo is Johnny Dash Hunt. Uh, <laughs> well, 
We'll talk. We'll send this upstairs. <laughs> I I definitely I do want to add that they kind of look like a bunch of bunched up like cherries too, with those little like whisker stems they got no. coming out. Of. What are you talking about? They're everywhere. No way. No all right. Way. That's, I I guess we're all on three different planes here. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe if a cherry was was the size of a tiny, I don't know. <laughs> so that's no what I mean. They're, they're like small. tiny little cherries. All right. Yeah, I, I guess I can. That's some poetic license, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Right. Well, now that we uh, now that we got that all figured all right. out, and yeah. I'm twenty dollars yeah. richer, Dan, what uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm actually drinking the new release from Trillium, uh, their Legrum. I actually didn't crack this yet, um, but I just picked it up yesterday. Uh, I had one last night or two days ago, but I had one last night, and it as soon as you like pour it in a glass, just the smells of just citrus. I think it's like a lot of. Um, I gotta remember. I kind of got like a little bit of like pineapple, but a little bit of like that like dankness to it. It's it's definitely a delicious beer, and uh, it's eight percent, but it does not drink like a double at eight percent. So like you could drink some of these and just it would be a game over. So you got to be careful with them. That happens to me all the time. Um, okay, so I've got a burning money. I took a quick trip to Buffalo last week. Oh, uh, oh yeah. My girlfriend is from Buffalo, so we picked up some local stuff while we were there. Uh, this is from Thin Man Brewing. It's a, an IPA brewed with uh, Citra and Simcoe, I believe. 6.6%. Really good. It's actually the first time I've ever had anything from this brewery, and uh, I'm really happy with it. So I'm glad we, we got to pick it up. It's very exciting. Thin Man rocks. Yeah. Oh, really? You're familiar? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, yeah. And Trillium, Trillium rocks, too. Was yeah, that yeah. What was that beer called, Dan? Legrum. So it's uh, don't they make a, a headroom as well? Yeah. So what this was supposed to be was this was a play on headroom. They're calling it the cousin of headroom. Okay, uh, love so, it. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. I actually don't think I've ever had the headroom variant, but one of my buddies says it's like the best beer they ever put out. So you you know what? Uh, I had an experience uh, in Boston. I was at a friend's house, and he knew I was a beer guy, and he said, um, "Oh, I just got." some new beers in, you know, go, go get yourself something, whatever you want from the fridge. So I went to the fridge and I chose that one at random. I knew nothing about it. And it was like one of the few times I've just been like, like I took a sip and I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is, this is like maybe one of the, this is just so good. Uh, and that doesn't happen that, that often. Uh, but it's always vindicating to think that and then go on untapped or something and see that the rest of the world totally agrees with you. <laughs> I I I started my Instagram page because we live in such a great dense area for beer where you have like the uh, Connecticut beer scene, the Rhode Island beer scene, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine. Oh yeah. Like you know it. Um and that's what I wanted to do because we are so lucky in this area just to be able to showcase all of those beers, teach people about the beers that we have coming out of here and just like the heat. And this is a great beer. Me and Johnny worked um, at Castle Island. If you're not familiar, the podcast. Oh, yeah, heard, Castle Island. Yep. So they've, the podcast has heard multiple times, but like they're coming out with great stuff. Um, stuff like deciduous talking about sours, their stout sours oh, yeah. are on point. We just have such great quality, and that's what I want to promote. So, that's awesome, yeah. Johnny. You mentioned uh, Thin Man. Yeah, they're in Buffalo. Um, 
I don't know if this story should be shared, but I'm I'm here now and it <laughs> is awesome. So I'm totally gonna tell uh, tell both of you. Uh, the owner of Thin Man um, got stabbed uh, in the fall, uh, like like right toward the end of the year. Um, and he's a big dude, and uh, he was supposed to be coming to one of our festivals, like two months later. And I read in the news uh, that he had been stabbed, um, and I texted him, like, "Dude, like, are." are you okay? Like, are you, you know, whatever you need, like, let me know. Um, and he, and he was just like, Oh yeah, dude. Like, um, no, I'll see you at the festival. And I was like, (laughs) I I was like, you don't, that's cool, dude. You just got stabbed. Like you don't, you don't have to, uh, we can just do it another time. And he was like, nah, dude. He's like, he's like another inch would have been trouble, but, uh, but I'm fine. Uh, and he is just the coolest. Uh, he <laughs> made a full recovery and like totally came to the party and rocked it out. Um, but yeah, it was a scary situation to be reading like um, the news or something and just like right. see that one of your friends had been been stabbed. But he was just such a champ about it. Uh, yeah, I-, I hope if I ever get stabbed, like I'm I'm that awesome about it. You yeah, know. well, he's just he's just measuring it by inches. Like, yeah, oh, maybe like an inch or half an inch. I'd probably take a break, but yeah, fuck it, we're gonna come to the yeah. we're coming to the beer fest. I'll be fine. Uh, and he was oh, <laughs> just so cool. Yeah. The, okay. So Johnny, we got to get on the horn with them because that is yeah. like straight tough guy like mentality, straight up. That's tough Buffalo, guy. baby. That, yeah, hard. that's exactly right. I cannot <laughs> wait for my girlfriend and her. Trip. I know uh, this beer is out of this world. I cannot wait for my girlfriend and any of her siblings or relatives to hear that story. They are going to eat that up. That's going to be absolutely baby. hilarious. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. We have a similar mentality. Uh, it's it's very um, yeah, Boston. You got it too. Yep. Yeah, this area. I don't know. Boston's far from me, but yeah, the north, the northeast. Pittsburgh's kind of the northeast. Yeah, you're a right. bunch <laughs> of psychos up here. Us, yeah, we're savages. I think it's the winter that does it to us. It's people it's who like. Will, it's one of those things that meme that's like, why do I willingly decide to live in a place yeah. where five months out of the year it hurts my face? <laughs> Either winter, yeah. Steel yeah. will do that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Kenny, I mean, you obviously know what you're talking about. I think what everyone uh, really eats up and stuff like this, you know, tell us a little bit, you know, about your start in, in craft beer and kind of how you got to, to where you are now. Yeah, sure. Um, I had just moved back to Pittsburgh. I had been kind of all over the place. Uh, I was in New York City for a bit working for a digital magazine up there, moved out to California. I was working out there for a little bit and uh, I had come back to Pittsburgh for grad school actually and and hadn't been back in a pretty long time um my family had since left but uh you know i grew up here but it had been a while since i'd come back and i just remember thinking you know there are so many breweries opening up um even just in pittsburgh so close to to my apartment that i hadn't even known about that i hadn't even heard of um and i was into beer. I was, you know, it was something I should have known about. Um, and I knew from, from just moving all over the country that that same thing was happening, uh, everywhere. 
Um, it wasn't it wasn't just a localized experience. And I said, you know what? Somebody should write a book about all of these places, like uh, like a guidebook, so that when you're traveling on a on a road trip or something, you can pull it out and see what was what and uh, know where to go when you were in a, a new city. And then I thought, well, uh, that's dumb because uh, nobody <laughs> reads anymore. Nobody reads books. Um, and I knew that because I wanted to write fiction. I got my, my master's degree in fiction. And, uh, and then I said, well, this would still be pretty useful maybe as uh, a web-based tool, you know, make it a digital magazine. And then I was like, oh, shit. I know how to to write for a digital magazine because that's what I've been doing in New York. Um, I just got my my MFA in in writing. Um, I'll do it, and uh, that's kind of how it started. It started as uh, me and a bunch of University of Pittsburgh interns uh, in my studio apartment in Pittsburgh, um, and then we threw our first festival. Um, we started Hop Culture Magazine in January of 2017. Uh, it was the day after Martin Luther King Day. So it was the 17th, I think, uh, January 17th, 2017. Sounds right. And uh, we threw our first festival um, that October. And it was kind of just on a whim. Um, we had been talking to Andrew Witchie at Dancing Gnome who had become a friend of mine, um, he had opened up fairly recently as well uh, about throwing kind of a, a jointly hosted, we called it a festival, but we just wanted to throw a party. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what it came down to. And that's honestly what I think has sort of, uh, I don't want to ruin the end of the story, but uh, we throw festivals, we throw a lot of festivals and uh, they're, they're parties. Um, I, I remember going to like the Extreme Beer Fest in 2014. And at the time that like blew my mind just because of the access that you had to the brewers. Um, and I had also been to like the, you know, classic convention center beer festival that probably all of us and everyone listening have, have been to as well, where you get your plastic cup and you go stand in a line for a beer that you could buy at a gas station. and. <laughs> You know, at some point, someone starts chanting USA, USA, and like maybe there's a fight after the festival in the parking lot. Like somebody's throwing up and a uh, trash can that's not even right side up. Uh, and like, I was like, that experience is cool, but I've done that. Uh, and it's not actually that cool. So I was like, what, what would be cool? What would I enjoy going to? And that's kind of what me and, and Andrew talked about. Um, and, you know, the Dancing Gnome team is young and interesting as well. They're, they really have it together. Um, big, big fans of theirs. And uh, so they like, they got it, you know? And so we kind of, um, it wasn't big though. We had, I think 12 breweries there at that first event. Uh, 10 had never poured in Pittsburgh before. And uh, we invited them in and they came. Uh, I don't totally know why. 
uh, <laughs> I guess I could ask them because we're still in, you know, still friends with all of them. But uh, I think probably they looked at the website uh, that we had started, the the online magazine, hopculture.com, or maybe the Instagram, it's uh, Hop Culture Mag. They were probably like, well, this looks kind of cool. Uh, so they came and uh, we had 500 tickets to that first festival and we put them up and they went on sale and they sold out in 10 seconds. Um, and so we said, oh, we should probably do that again. And uh, here I am, 29 festivals later, we were supposed to throw our 30th at Resident Culture Brewing in Charlotte uh, in March, but unfortunately that was canceled because of COVID. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what we got going on. So we got the, the online magazine, hopculture.com, uh, the social media accounts where we do all original photography. And then we have our festival circuit and we make some pretty rad merch as well. That That is the absolute truth. Um, I think you said that you threw a lot of festivals and I've, I've been I've, on to you guys for like a little bit of time. I would say probably like probably about two years now because my, my page is about two years old. So that's oh, probably an, an OG fan almost. Yeah. Yep. Almost there. When you said you did a lot, I was like, yeah, these guys do a lot, but now you're, now you put out the number where it's like, we were going to have 29 or 30 festivals over the course of three years. And you're not even in, fully through three years yet. So you're throwing at least right. how many festivals per year? Uh, over a dozen. Um, it's, it's pretty fun though. Um, basically my job is to meet cool people, drink good beer and travel around the country, uh, going to breweries and coffee shops and record stores and throwing parties for people. So it's not so bad. Um, yeah, we throw the Pro Football Hall of Fame's Craft Beer Festival in Canton. Um, that was a wild experience. The uh, the events director there had actually come to um, the anniversary of that first festival at, that we threw at Dancing Gnome, the Juicy Brew's birthday party. Uh, and he had the time of his life. He loved it. And so he hit me up and was like, hey, do you want to talk about throwing – the Pro Football Hall of Fame's craft beer festival. And it was just one of those like surreal moments. Like when we sold out of that first festival, I thought the site had broken. Like I, I legit thought that uh, I had made just like a terrible technical error. And I was like, oh no, tickets are live. And like, nobody can reach them because like it's saying they're sold out. Um, and it was like one of those similar experiences where I, where I was like, is this, am I being punked? Like, this is silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we did that last year. It was an absolute blast. That That's probably the biggest festival that we've thrown or the, the Horace Hootenanny. We, uh, we, we threw a joint festival with Horace down in Southern California. That was <laughs> pretty large. Um, but yeah, so, so we, we throw a lot of festivals, but it's yeah. fun. Like I, uh, I sleep for like two days after each one and I get pretty sick, uh, always. Um, I just get like a cold from being like run down. Yep. Um, but it's cool. I was never 
the theater kid in high school. Um, but I now identify with that whole, like, you know how stressed those kids got, like right before the big show. I, uh, I was a theater kid, so okay. I do know. <laughs> cool. There you go. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. And then at the cast party, everyone's just like, I imagine, I, I like, oh my God, you did so great. And then like, you know, three hours before they were just an asshole to that person. Yep. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. That was your life. <laughs> um, I mean, ooh, sorry, Dan. No, um, the the thing that comes to mind immediately, right? That math shakes out to almost what twelve festivals a year. It's like one a month. Yeah, uh, I guess one a month. Yeah, I mean, does it ever feel like Hop Culture is uh, like uh, an event firm, or like a, do you feel like an event planner more than a, a digital magazine, or how does that kind of balance? Uh it's a really good question. You know, one time Eric Ruda from Magnify like cornered me at a party uh, and was like. What are you guys like? Uh, and I was like, Eric, back up. Um, <laughs> Lay off me. He, this is my he, thing. Get your did. own. Uh, no, he's a, he's awesome. Uh, he he asked that question, and honestly, I've been thinking about it for two years, and I don't have an answer. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think about that question all the time. I call us a digital media company. Um, at this point, because we have a similar uh, business model, I suppose, or, or just yeah, business model to if you if you look at like the infatuation, or you look at um, uh, Vice, or you look at um, what are other good examples? Um, I don't know. It's it's. There's all these these publications that throw their own events. They have their own merch, and uh, they run their own digital magazine. And I don't think we ever set out to be that. I just really like to write, and I really like beer. Um, but you know, building a business, you kind of have to figure it out. You have to look at the books, and you have to come up with new ideas and try new things to bring in revenue so you can pay your people if you have people um mm -hmm. and you kind of figure it out as you go and uh we kind of backed our way into that model um but that wasn't what we set out to be necessarily yeah and i think it even goes back to the conversation before we we started recording was with breweries now during the COVID era, which we've talked about in all three episodes now being four episodes that we've done where these breweries need to learn how to pivot. If they were selling from their tap room, they need to be able to deliver now, or they need to figure that out with totally. online digital media and like being a media company, you have to be able to pivot. And it's like, like you said, people aren't reading again. I think that was before the recording. People aren't reading as many books. <laughs> They're not reading as much. So you need something that entertains people. And it, it, I think you guys are like right on the nose with all of it. Even the writing. Like, I love the stuff that you guys are doing there, too. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks <laughs> for saying that. Um, no yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I pivot every day. But I think uh, most small business owners would tell you the same thing. Um, I, th I think some of the best businesses 
it, I mean, regardless, people will agree with me, but small businesses are the best because they have to be agile. And like these mom and pop stores that have been open for so long and are still successful now to this day have figured out a way to be be agile. Well, bigger businesses, they can't, they're slower to do that or they're slower to do it. So that's why why we created this podcast of the Craft Beer Hustlers. I studied entrepreneurship. I love that stuff. And to see companies like yourself, to see breweries that are able to do it, it's what I love to showcase and what I love to do. So it's Where'd awesome. you go to school? I went to school at UMass Lowell. And so okay. right up in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So my yeah, dad, my dad went to Babson, uh, nice. right outside of Boston, which yep. is a big uh, entrepreneurship. Oh yeah, program. No, I'm I'm very familiar with Babson. Um, Babson's actually right around the corner from me. So, so you had mentioned earlier uh, the Instagram uh, Hop Culture Mag. That's where all your like original art or photograph content is. I had mentioned to some friends of mine uh, that we were having you on. They looked at the Instagram. That was the first thing they had mentioned. Um, a friend of mine actually reached out to you about, um, some artwork via Instagram. You guys have been going back oh, and forth cool. with some of the people you work with. Yeah. Um, so the art is always something, at least in, in my circle of, of people, um, that is, it, that sticks out. Right. So do you have something on that Instagram or otherwise that is, uh, kind of when someone asks you what your favorite piece is or the favorite thing you've ever done in terms of like the artwork that, that comes to mind for you? Oh, that's a cool question. Um, you know, we have become known for sort of doing these poor shots um, with that pastel background, um, really showcasing the beer, but also um, I think so much of the really cool art that gets floated around on cans and bottles. And um, yeah, I'm just... I'm stoked about the picture we just posted. Uh, I suppose for people listening, they, they might not hear this for a little bit, but uh, oh, Tactical Brewing has a can with a, a cartoon drawing of Inigo Montoya from uh, Princess Bride. Um, and it is just an awesome can. Wow. So uh, John, our managing editor, runs our photo studio and he does all of this photography. Um, and I am just really proud of him because <laughs> he is like 25 years old and uh, I don't mean to blow up his spot, but we got him right out of college. Um, the kid commuted when we lived in New York City every day from New Jersey as an intern took uh, two subways and a bus. It took him <laughs> almost two hours to get to his internship. And he, he totally did it. And now he works with us uh, full time. And he's the one that does all of the photography that you see on our Instagram. Um, and I love what he has done with our page. Um, I think he is the man. And he, he's just done such a good job with just, you know, showcasing different cans, uh, different glassware, uh, different bottles. Um, you know, we do a lot of art for merch that we make. Uh, and I don't know if that's what you were talking about was more of the, the glassware and the shirts and stuff that we have also 
sort of become known for. But the yeah. artist we use for most of that is named Sam Taylor. And he lives in London. I've never actually met the dude, um, <laughs> but I've, uh, you know, talked to his cheeky little face over uh, Skype a few times. But, um, you know, social media, it's, it, we all know it's awful. It contributes to so much negativity. And uh, I can't tell you how many times a day I'm just like scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. And I'm just like, I, like I could be done like with not just this, but maybe everything because of the mood that this is putting me in. Um, but uh, it's also great because it allows you to connect with so many. I mean, that's how you guys connected with me. Mm -hmm, I think yeah. you hit me up on, on Instagram. Um, right into those DMs, Kenny. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I said, Ooh, who are these <laughs> gentlemen? Um but uh, yeah, we, we slid into Sam Taylor's DMs because we had seen a hat he made for a biking magazine called Manual for Speed and uh, thought it was awesome. And at that point, we didn't really know. We just wanted to make like, I think it was just a t-shirt. Like the first festival we threw, we didn't have any merch and people kept asking us for stuff. Uh, and we were like, oh, that's a detail we forgot. Um, <laughs> and so when we threw our second festival, we were like, we should we should make merch. And we didn't know what to do. Uh, I think we made a tank top and we were like, oh, we need an artist for that. But, but at the time I didn't really consider that Sam was going to become like the artist, you know? Um, but then he was the man. Uh, I told him what to do. He didn't do that at all. Uh, he <laughs> turned in something just completely different, but it was so awesome that we used it. And he's been working with us for the last three years. Uh, we just published a big, uh, I got to interview him. Um, I don't know why it took me three years to interview him because he's uh, super interesting, but uh, I just got the opportunity to interview him and that went live on the site this week um, on hopculture.com. And yeah, I learned a lot of, about him. Yeah. Uh, I actually, yeah, yeah. I, I just read that, uh, that interview that you had done with Sam, which kind of drove my questions in regards to him because he does seem like such an interesting character, like what his origins were. And even the companies that he's now worked for and like the art he's done is like insane. And it's so awesome. like, oh yeah, absolutely. And and I can spot like whenever you guys release something, even if I'm just scrolling quickly through my Instagram feed, it's just like, boom, I'm like, oh, that's Sam's stuff. And yeah. like, it's always so, so, so good. Like every time I go to one of your festivals, I buy my brother like a glass because he's cool. just too lazy to like go somewhere. <laughs> I think even um, my first festival I went to was actually last year at Juicy Brews um, in Portland, Maine. And oh, I love that one. That it's so sick. Like you got, again, when you're, when you say like, we've been to that festival where you get the plastic glass and you walk around and you wait in line for five minutes, that's completely different. It's, it's a party. You guys are having fun the entire time and it's just like such a blast. But at that one, you guys had the rolling papers, my brother's birthday and my oh, birthday. Were like, it was like a couple of weeks before. So I ended up buying him the, um, the Teku with the uh, High Roller Lobster Club. Oh, he yeah. loved yep. it. He loved that glass. He loved the rolling papers. I got him a couple pins. He was like ecstatic about it. So, like, you guys are putting out like primo, primo art. 
Thank you, my friend. Uh, you know, the rolling papers were the worst business decision I've made uh, <laughs> as a small business owner to this day. Um, I think I lose money for everyone I sell. And, uh, but they're awesome. They're so cool. I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I have like 300 of them in my basement. Um, I just <laughs> I don't know what to do with, with them all. Um, you know, we work with, we work with a couple other artists too, that I should shout out, um, because yeah, for sure. they're Go super for rad. Um, we work for all of our California stuff. We work with an artist named killer acid. Um, his real name is Rob. It's not killer acid. That'd be um, crazy if it was. It would, right. Um, <laughs> and he is a rad dude and, uh, he comes and sets up a merch booth at all of our California festivals and just knocks it out of the park. Um, I don't know, you guys can see me, nobody else can, but he did this 420 glass for us. Um, I think we got a couple left actually, but- uh, If you do, I gotta buy them because I wanna get one for my brother. (laughs) This is like the the coolest thing we've done. Uh, I love this thing, Um, but he's just such a, I don't know, you meet people and you're just like, you know what, I'd be friends with you. like we should hang out and you feel like you've known them forever. And for whatever reason, like most of the artists we work with end up being like that. Rob's just the man. Um, We've worked with a really cool artist. Um, She's Hawaiian, but I think she lives in California now. Her name's Kayla Ogawa. And um, she actually won a design contest we ran for um, a festival that we put on called Beers Without Beards, which is the largest celebration of uh, women in the craft beer industry, um, I, I think in the country, uh, if not the world. It's it's really big <laughs> uh, and it's awesome. And she won a design contest we did for the first ever time we, that we threw that festival. Um, and we have since used her um, for a couple different things. And uh, we had to cancel or postpone originally the Beers Without Beards Fest. It was supposed to be actually in two weeks in New York mm-hmm. City. We're actually moving it online, which is gonna be wild this year. Yeah. Um, but she did the the art for that event. Um, yeah, I mean, working with artists is one of my favorite, favorite parts of the job, just for because sure. it's fun to see something that you have in your mind, like come to life either on a glass or just tangibly. For sure. Yeah. And they're always like a different breed, right? You know, just Artists. there's something in their brain that makes it tick artistically, but you're just like, this is, this is fantastic. And I never want to stop talking to you because this is some outlandish <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's rare to find that artist that like, uh, kind of like makes sense, but is also just like a super good artist. Um, right. we've had, we've had pretty good luck with that. <laughs> um, so I like how you brought it up. Beer, uh, beers without beards. You guys are moving that to online. I actually just saw as well. You're moderating this weekend the um, fest from home, which our friends uh, Kevin and Scott are putting on with Kevin York Media. Oh, uh, awesome! Yeah, so we actually that was our last um, our last podcast we just released this week on Wednesday. So with that kind of being the trend, because we have to stay at home, there's not much we can do right now. How are your feelings towards that? Or what are you guys doing to pivot into that and see what you can do uh, to try and make it a, the best experience as possible and and things like that? 
All right, when is when is this podcast going live? Do we know yet? Uh, Wednesday the a week third. from yesterday, yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday. All right. the third. Do we know what time? I can release it at I normally release them at 8 a.m. If you want me to release it at 12 p.m., I can do it. Well, I don't want to I don't want to hold anybody's podcast from it's, them. It's all good. It's all I'm making, good. I'm making the announcement next Wednesday. Well, this is breaking um, Johnny, we need gotta get a breaking I, I news. Need a, I need like a breaking you news. Need, you, need, you need a horn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll edit it in right now. <laughs> awesome. Right. Awesome. Well, uh, we are throwing a pretty epic online festival. Um, it is going to come uh, for for people in the right states. Uh, a ticket is going to come with a box of 18 beers that uh, I have personally curated. Um, and it's going to be a day of really sweet digital events um, from within the beer industry. So uh, I- I'm not going to go into too many specifics. I will say that we've talked to a lot of uh, very cool people about um, speaking and, oh man, oh, next Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> what what day are you be, dropping the news? We're, we're gonna drop it Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Oh. Eastern. Uh, this is on, just a teaser. <laughs> on Instagram Live. So this is a teaser, but it's gonna be rad. I think it's, uh, if you think of, um, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be different. That's what we do. Um, you know, I read this great book by Seth Godin. He is a a marketing writer. It's called the purple cow. And in this book, he talks about the idea of cows. Mm -hmm. Um, this is the, the, the central thesis, right? He says, if you're driving through Kansas and you see a cow, uh, that's pretty common and you're probably not going to think twice about it. But if you see a purple cow, you'd totally write your friends about that. And so I think as an entrepreneur and as somebody running a business, like it's important to be thinking about purple cows. You know, mm-hmm. how do you differentiate yourself? How do you, how do you create something that is going to be interesting uh, to people? And so we kind of asked that question in, everything that we do or we try to um but we asked it here and at first i could not see myself getting into the digital fest space i was like i'm not gonna sit in a chair for eight hours and watch a bunch of other dudes who look like me drink beer at the same time that i'm drinking beer (laughs) uh that did not sound appealing to me in the least but johnny Johnny is 110 percent on that he muted himself because he knew he wanted to not talk about this he's 100 percent against zoom against google hangouts he's against it so we're not doing that we're not doing that because that's silly that's zero people's idea of a good time man why why would you do it don't do it nobody should do that has that not been said yet I don't think it's been said out loud, especially on a podcast, especially on a podcast that was one week ago promoting an online beer fest. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
Oh, no, good. I'm it's with you. Good. I'm on it. Are we, Kenny, we're on the same page on this. Don't, right. don't worry well, about it. I don't, don't tell it me sounds like my nightmare. I'll like feel what? Bad. I'll feel bad. I think what Kevin's doing is awesome. I'm stoked to moderate this panel. I, um, yeah, when we, yeah, yeah. Sorry, when we talked to him about it, it it's... I think it's a lot different because yeah. like even um, just at beer fest and like getting the one-on-one -on -one time with brewers or being able to ask the questions, like I'm very humble. Uh, I'm humbled by the experiences to be able to go and talk to these guys a lot more, but like a normal person doesn't really have get that time of day all the time. So sure. that, Ke what Kevin and Scott are doing are, is like great, great stuff. Well, and it's educational. I think um, exactly. la last night we run a, an IG live every Wednesday night at 6 yep. PM Eastern. And last night we had Kevin Antoon from Southern Grist um, on the show. And it was just like, yeah, that's that's the experience. He's a super chill dude. And uh, people got the opportunity to ask him questions. And um, he talked a lot about the entrepreneurial part or, or just like the business part of starting a brewery. A bunch of people had questions for him about that. And uh, it was just so compelling because, yeah, when else do you have the opportunity to just like, talk to somebody who's who's walked the road and is in exactly. a really cool position now so exactly. yeah that's that's what we're trying to do because yeah. god gentlemen i'm having a blast right now but but if i have to get together with you guys on a saturday and and watch you drink beer for eight hours i'm not going to be a happy camper no and you I won't either, either. No. no it would be yeah. it's literally my waking nightmare so <laughs> you're not offending me it's uh I, i'm with you and i agree with you and i'm happy someone else with a little more clout said it uh so i'm not <laughs> so i'm not the only asshole on, on this just, podcast come on there's just so many better uses of your time it's I just know. like nobody wants to do it listen to yeah. the consumer here. Yeah. exactly <laughs> so you had mentioned uh this i think is a good segue i'm gonna hop off hop culture a little bit and talk to you kenny uh you're What's curating up? the box for the I beers am. so uh i guess my question for you outside of your typical your ipas your stouts um what styles are, are you kind of into right now and then uh if you could maybe give a brewery or two that is approachable that just kind of your average beer consumer could kind of uh start on that track to oh great question um ooh. I, I'm really attracted to loggers right now. Um, just the, the, I don't know, it's a very technical beer to make. And I think um, not a lot of breweries do it all the time because loggers take longer to ferment than ales, um, which is what, you know, breweries who are moving large volumes of beer want to make ales because they can turn more beer over in the tanks. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a commitment to like a really good lager is uh, pretty telling for, for a brewery. Um, and they're also really light and it's getting hot out. So <laughs> um, it's a very social beer, you know? Yeah. So I love those right now. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I think they're wherever you live in the country, um, there's some crazy like Brewers Association statistic that 90% of American adults live within 10 miles of a craft brewery, um, which is wild. What? That is crazy. That's silly. Um, but wherever you are listening to this, there's probably a pretty decent craft brewery within 10 miles of you. <laughs> um, and I would just check it out and try 
a couple different things. You know, people hate on flights, but I think for somebody just getting into beer who like wants to maybe experience uh, a couple different flavors because they don't even know if they're going to like an IPA. So why would they order like uh, a full pint of an IPA? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's all right. And uh, I don't know, just try things pretty liberally and you'll figure out what it is that does it for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. beer is, there's so many varieties of beer. Um, Even before the show, Johnny, we were talking about uh, sours and you mentioned that you weren't the biggest sour guy. And I was like, but oh, sour is such a spectrum, you know? Um, There's like your double fruited whatevers and then there's your, you know, spontaneously fermented whatevers, you know, it's just, it, it runs such a a range of flavors and aromas. And um, that's what I think is fun about beer is that exploration and that discovery. So I know it's kind of a cop out because you wanted me to name uh, a brewery that people could find widely. Um, Allagash. You can find Allagash all over the place. They're terrific. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. Allagash White was the first craft beer I ever had. Um, Sierra Nevada (laughs) rocks. What? I, I, so since <laughs> every so episode that comes up and it's the worst and I'm so sick because of it. it's, it's the first craft beer everyone's ever had. No, no, well, no, no, no. I, so in our first episode, we talked about the first craft beer we ever had. What was our first loves in craft beer? Mine was, I drank Narragansett lagers was like the first craft beer I ever had. Right. But the cool. first, first beer that flicked the switch for me was green flash soul style. Okay. With and I love bringing it up by episode 102. People are going to be like, Dan, knock, like, cut the shit. This is enough. But enough. Johnny, Johnny, um, he was just like, You're a psycho for even liking a West Coast style IPA. You're a psycho for even <laughs> knowing the first beer, where it was, when it was. And so I, I think it's just funny when everyone's like, This is this, this is the one that really- Johnny. You're the psycho man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will never. I feel like I say this every week. I'll never. I'll never understand how the first beer, like real beer, someone had was a West Coast IPA, and their brain and palate was just like, "Oh, this is great. Let me have some more." <laughs> I don't get it. It was a different uh, time, Johnny. It I know, was. I know. Um, but to that, right? So I, I'm talking with some friends. I feel this way. I actually have never asked this of Dan. So here we go. I'm hitting you with this first too. You know, I I feel like the New England IPA, the East Coast, the hazy for me personally is I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting over that, right? I'm getting to the peak. I'm coming on the downswing. Um, What kind of trends, if any, are you seeing, um, especially now that COVID's hit and of the trends that you are seeing, do you think any of them have any real staying power? Um. That's a that's a really good question. And I, I get it a lot. I mean, like trends trends only last as long as they do, right? Like it's not a trend anymore if it stops lasting. I think it's really important whether you're a brewery, whether you are uh, somebody running a digital craft beer magazine, somebody throwing festivals, any business, to talk to your consumers and figure out what it is that they want from you that you can provide to them. I mean, at some point, uh, a bunch of people around the country said, we really like hazy IPAs. And so breweries started making them. And when people 
stop liking hazy IPAs, um, breweries will stop making them. So I mm. think, you know, trends, what do you guys like? I mean, if you go out with your friends and you're all kind of drinking the same thing, like that's the trend. Uh, that's what people are enjoying. Um, I know <laughs> when I'm, I'm, I haven't really hung out with that many people lately, but like a bunch of my people are drinking seltzer waters. Uh, I don't want to say like that's a new, I mean, it's definitely a new trend. Is it a trend that I think the beer industry should be like a, adapting to? Um, I don't know about that. I think there's still a lot of people who really like beer. I think Evil Twins doing something sweet with Evil Water. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I adjuncted, adjuncted seltzer water. That's no. wild. Isn't Night Shift I, is doing something like that too, right? Yeah, they they make they make a seltzer water, um, but I don't know if it's adjuncted in the same way. The Evil Water is all like dessert. Theme. It's pastry water, oh. so they make like pastry stout seltzer water. Oh. Uh, which is dope. I actually, yeah. I, I am writing a piece. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try every one and I'm going to rank them all. So I, uh, I have a, a box of every pastry water coming into the office, which I'm stoked about. What an assignment. Yeah. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at this just marshmallow evil water and oh, you it, see what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Higher stuff, huh? It is hazy. That is yeah. a, just like straight, that's straight marshmallow. Water. <laughs> so I, I don't know i think you know sours i was talking to kevin last night um from from southern grist and uh you know sours to me seem like they've been a thing for a while but they're not a thing really in nashville and uh we we got we started talking about barrique brewing which is run by darius rucker's sound engineer uh joel stickrod um and he's making amazing beer but it's very much on like the the technical sour side rather than like your slushy you know heavily fruited sour side um and that's something that's just not been seen in that part of the country um and so kevin was saying like people are just starting to get a get a taste for it there um so i think you know you're you guys are are in massachusetts you're spoiled a little bit you you're the guys that are asking questions about trends because you're bored of what what you have. Uh, <laughs> you want true. new toys, but I, yeah. I think you know in so many places in the country they're a little bit. Um, I don't want to say like behind the curve because it makes them sound like they got to catch up to something, um, which I don't think is true. But there are still things that um, can be explored. So I don't know. It'll be. I I think like Boston's the city to watch. You know, in terms of like what is going to be coming out and like what trends are. Um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. It's a good question. And uh, I wish I had a better answer for you. No, I'm putting you on the spot. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, one question I have too, and I do want to go back to hop culture a little bit when you're talking about like the evil, the evil water and, and writing the articles for that. Um, I have, enjoyed a lot of articles um from you guys especially like you were saying initially where you wanted to write a book about where people could go and what they could have and where they could get it from so like the 48 hours of drinking one of my favorite articles when i went down to the triangle it was perfect like i was able to see different places that we could go 
we've been down to Raleigh. We went down to Pinehurst. Like I've been there a million times and, or I shouldn't say a million times. It was my second time this year, but we really wanted to hit those beer spots. (laughs) Two times. (laughs) Two times. But we we missed out on a lot the first trip. And then even um, John's article about uh, Shaxbury, their, their uh, camp, uh, oh, that was such a good piece. It, it, I really, I love that piece. Yeah, I love it too because it, it really does um, pull back the veil a little bit and like the restaurant tour, the the breweries, the wineries, the cideries, like all of those places. So I love that piece. But what's kind of like your favorite piece that you've really enjoyed, uh, or even series that you guys have put out? Oh, that's that's an awesome question. Um, I don't know. I think we have a lot of really talented writers. Um, I love that that piece that John did. That was super fun because I think the photography spoke to that piece really well too, and it really put you there um, oh, at Cider Camp in Vermont. Um, those are actually my favorite pieces. Are, are probably the ones where a team member has an experience that they're then able to convey. Um, I did one on the Ale Apothecary where I actually flew to Portland, drove to Bend, um, got really high, and uh, (laughs) went to the Ale Apothecary Club member bottle share, um, which was just the best because that brewery uh, rocks. They're like, I don't know, you know, how much you know about them, but they're the, you know, the Arnie's will like go out behind their house and just like forage, you know, pine needles. And uh, it's outrageous um, what what they do and, and how um, committed they are to a sense of place and like tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, uh, Grace, our head of partnerships um, is actually a super, super talented writer. And she wrote a piece about going to Scratch Brewing in Ava, Illinois. Uh, they have sort of that same mentality, very committed to uh, a sense of place and and um, making beer slow, um, doing it very slowly, but but with a lot of um, tradition and passion and love. Um, and that piece actually won an award from the North American Guild of Beer Writers, um, which was pretty sweet. Grace, who is our head of partnerships, is the only writer on the team who has won an award for for <laughs> beer writing. Um, but uh, I love that piece. So I think, yeah, really anytime one of our writers is able to convey an experience like that, um, I love those pieces. And, you know, as a business, they don't totally make sense, right? Mm-hmm. The amount of people who are going to sit down and read that on a screen and really get a kick out of it. Um, and and read through 20 minutes of like a long form article about some writers like deep dive into a niche part of our culture. Um, Few and far between. But I think for the people who commit to that journey and um, really go through that whole piece and and are taken in by it, like that's probably the best writing that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you brought up Apothecary because even recently, a couple months ago, I remember watching a video that I think it was Lone Pine put out. They were doing a collab with Hermit Thrush where they were putting yeah. uh, 
that that cool ship style beer on the pine the pine branches onto the needles and i actually had an opportunity to talk to zach and and talk with cool. him and be like when is this beer dropping because i'm super interested in it <laughs> and he was just like uh, it's going to be a little bit of time but they like i've i've been able to sit down with zach i've been able to sit down with tom great guys and they ended up sending me out a box of um party 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 which was delicious another collab with hermit thrush so is there any like collab beers that like you've been super hyped on recently or that you've got your hands on um collab beers great notion has been doing a ton of collabs lately and uh i really like great notion i think their art is dope uh they yep. came out with a an app it's like an augmented reality app where you can yeah, place your orders, but you can also be like chilling with their Sasquatch character from one of their cans, like on your table, <laughs> on your phone, which is dumb and awesome. Yep. Um, and they're cool people. So they, they've put out just like 20 or 30 collabs recently. Um, like every week they're doing something new with somebody cool. And uh, I just, I like their art. I think they're cool people. Um, so they've been doing a great job. Yeah, I don't know collabs and there's so much out there right now um yeah i'll give them my my, my shout out Good. great notion i always call them the uh the trillium of the pacific northwest i don't know if that's accurate for better or accurate but i think well, it's pretty it's, close right yeah yeah they're i mean they're definitely more pacific northwest than trillium um <laughs> but you do call them trillium of the pacific northwest huh I love it. I had a friend who lived there for for a handful of years, so I used to go up yeah. there frequently, and uh, they they do really great stuff. I, I love it. So uh, it's just I'm happy fun. To use I like that. how fun it is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, can art can take you a long way if you like. Not taking away from their beer because they make great beer, but yeah. I feel like can yeah, art yeah. can take you a long way. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So hop culture twenty nine beer fest. Looking at thirty here. Um, you're writing for Forbes. That's and it. now you're saying, uh, let's start a craft or let's start a coffee subscription program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Uh, I'd love to tell you about that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, our team is super into coffee. We're into like a lot of things. Uh, the team had a fantasy book club when we all lived in New York city. And we used to like, as a team, uh, read a fantasy book a month and then like meet up for dinner after work one day and like talk about it. Um, we really like music. Whenever we go to a new city, um, which is often because we're throwing a lot of events, um, the first place we usually go uh, is a coffee shop because everybody's gotten off a plane and they're like pissed off and like coffee sometimes makes it better. So we started going to all these coffee shops around the country and we were like, this, this rocks. And it reminded us a lot of beer. You have all these, you know, small independent producers who are like suddenly trying new things and getting weird and experimenting and like um, pushing things in uh, new ways. You know, you have um, like tandem roasters uh, in Portland, Maine. They rock. They make adult breakfast biscuit, and they have this program called A Good Thing, where every month uh, the founder of Tandem will send you uh, a vinyl record 
and a bag of coffee that he's like paired together that he's roasted <laughs> ostensibly like to go with this album um that's super cool and it's just uh the art the the you know the small batch the the artisanal you know component the the transparency and sourcing and what have you it's just really similar to to a lot of the things that i love about uh beer and so when COVID hit and suddenly, um, you know, we couldn't do any live events anymore, which was a large part of uh, how we fund a free digital craft beer magazine. Um, we said, okay, well, what, what else could we be doing? Um, and one of our team members said, well, what if we did uh, a coffee club? And we were like, cool. You know, we, we had a day where we just brainstormed stuff. Everybody brought like a, their ideas to the table. Um, and that was one of the ideas. And then I don't remember when it was. Uh, this was Grace, our head of partnerships. Um, she was like. The award-winning writer? The award-winning writer. We call her the best of us. John, <laughs> who I mentioned, he's the golden boy. Um Grace is the best of us and I'm, I'm just the face. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Grace was like, well, what if we only sourced beans from breweries that are also roasting their own beans? And I was like, holy shit, Grace, you've done it again. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what we started doing. So we have a subscription coffee box now, um, but it it is primarily um, with breweries that are also roasting their own beans um it's called the hop culture coffee club um we also are featuring breweries that i'm sorry roasteries that work very closely with breweries um like mostra coffee um uh but yeah i mean trillium's starting to do some of their own beans so we have them on the calendar we had night shift on the calendar this month we have uh, modern times coming in um and members uh, get the two bags of coffee. They get a biweekly newsletter um, that that John or I write um, with a. We make a playlist for every every subscription. Um, it's just a blast. It's like something we just started, but it's one of my new favorite things. Um, and uh, oh, do you do you have the um, the breaking news buzzer? We, oh, I'll. You know what. I think we got it right now. Go All I right. Should I like leave some space in here so you can you can edit one in? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, ready? All right, here we go. Yeah. Mm, cool. Uh, breaking news buzzer. Um, we are <laughs> we we started putting out some coffee content on the site just because the Hot Culture Coffee Club people were stoked about it, um, and I was kind of surprised. It was another one of those like you know, selling out a festival in 10 second things. It's just like, oh, damn, like, I guess I thought that would be cool, but I didn't know, like, it'd be really cool. Like, people would be pretty interested in that. Um, so we started putting out some coffee content, just thinking, okay, maybe people are interested in learning a little more about coffee. So if you've been on hopculture.com lately, you've probably seen some coffee pieces. Um, and people were stoked about those too. Um, so I said, you know what? I love coffee. Um, I made myself a list recently. Uh, I call it Ken's list for new niches. And uh, 
it's how I'm going to decide whether I want to pursue a, a, a new project or not. <laughs> um, and I was like, what if I started a, a coffee site in the same way that I started a beer site and I called it, you ready for this? Well, we're ready. Bean culture. Oh, boom. <laughs> we're in uh, it. And so I totally did. And so that's coming out uh, in the fall. Um, we're actually launching a new vertical uh, just about coffee because I love coffee. Uh, a lot of people love coffee. Oh, yeah. And coffee's cool. And uh, I've been learning a lot about it lately and it's fun. So um, I'm, I'm, stoked about that project so uh yeah i don't know i think the coffee club will stay with hop culture i think at some point we might launch uh you know something else through through bean culture that's maybe more coffee focused um but for right now i'm just really stoked to be writing about uh coffee because mm -hmm. um it's just as nuanced and interesting as beer you want to talk about trends? I think that's the new trend. I think coffee is the new trend. You heard it here first. All right. I've been I've, I've been looking into a lot of different coffee stuff and and talking about trends. Me and one of my buddies, we're both big into beer. We've done home brewing. He does a lot more than me. So we've always talked about this idea of just beer. But then recently, we're both really getting into coffee. So he was like, you know what? What about starting like a roastery? How sick would that be? That'd be I, sick. You know, that, that is super sick. We'll have to try it at home. But <laughs> there, there's so much information out there. Like James Hoffman, one of my favorites on YouTube to learn about coffee. And like now bean culture, that's going to be sick. Like you guys are really, really trying to branch off into that. And you're absolutely right super nuanced exactly like craft beer and i've read a couple of the articles that you guys have put out with coffee uh the products that you guys use and i sent this question over to you because i really wanted you to try and <laughs> think about it but you're on a deserted roastery island what are the yeah. three coffee items you're bringing oh you know what i saw that question i was like that's a cool question i, sh I should think about that uh and then i totally didn't so you put <laughs> me on the spot here bang um, Starting to do it to yourself, man. Yeah, I guess so. So, so, uh, so we're assuming I have the coffee, right? Yes, that's so. Me and Johnny actually talked about this before you jumped on the call. All right, all right. The reason why I put you there is so you have <laughs> the coffee beans. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, it's dope have, coffee. Okay, I love it, and, and it's ground. Has it been ground for me? No, you can. No, I didn't want to take that that artistic. Oh, I gotta, all right, then I got, I need a grinder. Can I plug it in? I'm on a deserted oh, yeah. island. It has no, electricity. It. Cool. There's a all right. I'm sorry for all the questions. I just it's want to good. answer the question in the way you want me to. You can interview uh, us. Now. It's all good. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> I need a uh, uh, I need a grinder. Um, at home, I got the uh, Baratza Encore. I think it's called, mm -hmm. um, and it's great. It's like your it's like home brewing in a lot of ways. You get the extract kit and then you get like the all grain and then mm. suddenly you're running trillium. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the three stages of, uh, of, of home brewing. Um, so uh, let's transfer that over to coffee. There's like your crups, uh, put the beans in, press the button on the top. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing spins around. That's your entry level grinder, 20 bucks. You got the Baratza Encore. That's like your step up. Maybe like a hundred, hundred and twenty bucks, but uh, whew, that baby grinds. 
I love that thing. Um, so I need one of those. All right, I don't know what's above that. That's number one. Number two, um, I uh, oh man, I feel so silly because I just defended the Chemex against Grace, who wrote about the French press being better. I read uh, that. <laughs> uh, man, I've been so lazy during quarantine that like I've only made French press for the last like three weeks and it's terrific. Uh, and I'm upset about it, but uh, <laughs> I'd bring, I'd bring a French press. Um, <laughs> Don't let Grace and, listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. She won't. She won't. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I have this mug that uh killer acid one of our artists made, um, not for us. He made it just as killer acid. Mm. Um, and it is the best. Uh, it's, it's called the wake and bake mug and it's a pot of coffee and a pot leaf drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> and it's all done in like the killer acid, uh, you know, his very unique and distinct, uh, style. And mm. it, rocks i love drink i get a kick out of that mug every morning so those Perfect. are my three items one two three great great choices um yeah i i again i love what you guys are doing with the beer i love what you guys are doing with the uh coffee but pivoting off that even more you have the new book that's out uh how long has it been out for now uh it's been out since march March is when it got published, The Brewing Cloud. Yep. It's a collection of, uh, I have it here, uh, short, humorous stories um, that all take place on a fictional floating city where everybody works in the beer industry. Yeah. And I, I just started reading it. I love oh, the first sweet. story. Yeah, I yeah, love the first story that you were talking about <laughs> with the barley and the hops it is just like a it's a super special way to put it out there and i just took it in as just a marriage of the two perfect things creating beer which then involves and pushes it into the it's the true love story. man exactly it's true love and 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 it's just perfect i got another brewing cloud question for you so what is your favorite story that you have coming out of the brewing cloud Oh man, I knew that question was coming and uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. You know, Sleeper Hit, I kind of like The Skeleton, which is a, a short story in which a woman finds a bottle buried on her hop farm that seems to have come from some alien brewery um, that, that grants uh, good luck. And uh, it's about her story. I also really like Upside Down which is about, uh, oh, that might be my favorite, Upside Down. Uh, it's about a woman who has tried everything there is to try on the brewing cloud. And uh, she hears rumor of a mysterious brewery deep inside the cloud that um, isn't supposed to exist. Nobody's ever heard of it. And uh, she goes on a quest to find the last untried brewery on the cloud. Um, that's probably my favorite story. They're all a little quirky. Uh, they're a little fun. They're a lot of fun. Um, a little quirky, a lot of fun. I should make shirts. <laughs> you should. There Put we the go. Store. We're giving you. <laughs> we're giving you merch ideas. All right. We want, we want 0.5 percent of every shirt that's sold. <laughs> you got. If I make that shirt, you guys get 0.5 percent. <laughs> we'll wait for the contract. Yeah. But one of the stories that I I just read um, was the vampire brewing. And oh, Johnny, yeah. 
I'll let Johnny take the the real question uh, in regards to it. But uh, I think that is a super special story as well because we have so many of these craft places that we love. And you were just watching like macro slowly insert themselves into our what we hold dear is our micro breweries or our, our craft breweries that we want to hold them independent as much as possible because they're doing awesome stuff. They want to do that. Well, macro uh, beer had nothing to do with that story. <laughs> that's that's the way I took it. I'll let, <laughs> I'll let other people interpret it. But, uh, I don't think that one was too veiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good segue for the question that I like to end, uh, end our, our interviews with is um, – you know, as a community, a beer community, the beer nerds, some might say, um, there's always this big thing, micro versus macro. And, you know, everyone shits on the macro beers, the Bud Lights, the Miller Lights, and they shit on the breweries that sell and call them sellouts. And so I guess my question is, um, one, what is your thought on that? And two, why do you think macro gets such uh, a bad rap in the beer community? Yeah, it's... uh it's a it's a great question. Um, I'm gonna look up this bird song because uh, I I think it it perfectly explains what I was trying to talk about before, and now I have it in front of me. Um, it's actually from Ecclesiastes. Um, I guess is where they took the lyrics from. Um, I'm I'm pretty Jewish, but I know my Bible. Um, it's called a time for everything, right? Ecclesiastes, uh, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. And the birds made like a, a sweet song out of it. Um, but there's a time for everything, man. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to be chilling out with my friends, uh, by a pool, like I'll drink a white claw. That's fine. Um, I think if I'm going to be talking to you guys or, you know, heading out with some of my friends to go get a dinner or something, I'll go to like a local craft brewery. Um, I, I just think like that's a setting that's more suited for um, this specific product. Um, I think that the animosity comes from uh, a time in which uh, quote unquote big beer was historically antagonistic toward uh, small independent craft beer. And we're representing a lot of values um, like misogyny. Um, you know, we've all seen the old commercials um, that don't really align with the values of the community that we want to participate in. You know, that's not something that I'm about. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's two part there. I will say that, um, since starting hop culture, I've had the opportunity to work with, um, a couple bigger beer companies. Um, I've never worked with AB and Bev because I think that's like, you know, the boogeyman and the uh, sin, right? every time I, I think about them, I see my, my buddy, Steve Luke from Cloudburst. Uh, up on stage to receive his Great American Beer Fest medal, and uh, I think it's Charlie Papazian, you know, the the OG hero yeah. of of craft beer, going to shake his hand, and and Steve opens his shirt, and it just says 
fuck InBev on his chest, <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome. Um, I've had the opportunity. Uh, I've never worked with InBev, had the opportunity to work with Paps, had the opportunity to work with Guinness. Um, I actually went with Heineken to Amsterdam. Um, and there is so much history behind some of these brands. Um, and it's awesome. I didn't know this, but uh, Heineken is after oil companies is the largest transporter of liquid across the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. Um, which is wild. They're, they're, the volume that they produce, um, oh man, it's staggering. It's like a logistics company at that point. Mm. Um, it's just so cool from a, from a technology perspective, you know, learning about the history of the brand and seeing how they've grown. I think that's awesome. Uh, I think, you know, Pabst and its history with Milwaukee and um, now opening the Captain Paps Pilot House, um, which is a, a pretty cool music venue and uh, brewery in Milwaukee is fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting question. I don't. There's no there's no space in my book for like antagonism. There's no space for um, representing a lot of um, values that uh, I don't think are appropriate. Um, and that's just, you know, me personally. Um, but other than that, I think there are a lot of, I think big beer tends to get lumped all into to one big category. Um, but it's not everyone. And, uh, there is a, a time and a place where I, I do really enjoy those products. So, yeah. um, Absolutely. there you go. Perfect. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, that's a question I love asking everyone. Cause I, personally uh just on a on a palette level like i can i can put away you know 15 20 bud lights and i don't mind it Uh, yeah exactly uh but i do think kind of a lot of things you know i'm just excited to hear the the variation and answers and yeah you know and it's it's something that i also align with on that end too so it's, it's always exciting but um yeah listen kenny we we covered a lot we appreciate you taking the time today um at Hop Culture Mag on Instagram, at Hop Culture Kenny on Instagram. Get the Brewing Hop Cloud. Culture you can Ken. get the Hop Culture Ken. I yeah, apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go um, <laughs> And then um, the Brewing Cloud. We, I saw we can get that on Amazon and yep. probably at most local bookstores. Is that right? Uh, the Hop Culture Store. Um, Hop Culture yeah, Store. We haven't we haven't put it in any bookstores just because of quarantine. There's not open. So yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, that's why you're the businessman right and I do podcasts. <laughs> uh kenny i appreciate you taking the time in thanks so much yeah thank you both this was awesome thank you. awesome thank you and that is it guys episode three of the craft beer hustlers podcast in the books we just want to thank kenny so much for hopping on the podcast with us and sharing the stories of hop culture and their new upcoming projects that we are so excited to check out so again, guys, if you do want to go follow Kenny and his team, you can find them at Hop Culture Mag, or you can find Kenny at Hop Culture Ken. So thank you guys so much for listening. And if you could, as always, check us out on Apple Podcasts, check us out on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Please share with your friends and give us one of those five-star ratings and a subscribe on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out so, so much. And we'll get more eyes on this podcast so we can continue to have great guests like Kenny. So thank you very much. And we will see you guys on June 17th.